Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. You can find more helpful advice at focusonthefamily.com slash parentingpodcast. Some families have only easygoing, compliant kids. And if that's you, God bless you. You are special because many of us have a mix. We have some compliant kids. We have some children who live to just press the boundaries. And that rebellion can keep us in a cycle of conflict that starts as soon as they get up and never finishes until they go to bed. I'm John Fuller, along with Danny Huerta. And Danny, that drama cycle, that conflict cycle is exhausting. (laughs) What do you see as a counselor for ways to kind of shut that down and get out of that cycle? Generally, uh, there isn't just a sudden, here's a a rebellious child. They, They begin that way. There's a temperament that is already wanting to oppose. And and I want to clarify something. Even if you have an easygoing kid, there's still a rebelliousness inside. Some of them just go under the radar very well. And then there's some that are just in your face. And these are the ones you're talking about, the ones that come in your face. And you have no uh, question about the fact that they want to rebel against every rule. You say, hey, they've always liked green beans. And you may say, hey, eat your green beans. I don't want green beans. <laughs> and uh, in, in that case, they, they, what they're most excited about is battle. The more you give them battle, the more excited and stimulated they become. I was going to say, is that an adrenaline thing oh, it going is. on? It, it, it focuses attention. It's almost like a drug, really, for, for some kids, for, especially for kids with ADHD. They've actually proven that, that it's a self, way to self-medicate, hmm. is, is to, to go into conflict because it's exciting, it's stimulating to them. But what you can do is allow some of these uh, kids to begin learning about natural consequences you keeping your cool is so important. If they come in and they rebel and you start to get anxious or you start to get angry, they've got a battle in their hands and they love it. Yeah. But if you remain calm and you just respond instead of react, which is easy for me to say right now, in the moment your emotions are boiling up and that's sometimes helpful to have a mom and dad where you guys can say, hey, sub. <laughs> and uh, that's you, you, you want to uh, respond and maybe even t- sometimes take a time out and not engage in the battle, but s- remind them this is what's already been decided. It's not up for, for negotiation right now. Maybe you have a list of negotiables and you mm-hmm. say, here's our list of negotiables yeah. and this is not one of them. Well, Proverbs 15, I think it is, that says a soft answer turns away wrath. And um, I believe what you touched on there is really important for us. You can disarm a lot of that conflict uh, if you choose a softer, calmer path. It'll drive your kid nuts if they're conflict-driven, but uh, try it sometime. Let's go ahead and hear now some more about this topic of conflict, especially when a preteen or teen is acting up and pushing your buttons. Here now are Drs. John Townsend and Henry Cloud speaking with Focus President Jim Daly and me. Uh, I'm the parent. I have not been dialed in. I have missed it. I've got a preteen or a teen who is acting out in rebellious ways. And with all the counseling that the two of you have done with parents on this issue of boundaries, what are some things that I can do today when my child comes home from school and we start the normal conflict which goes right into bedtime. It probably is about bedtime and homework and all these things. What are some things I can do tonight to begin to get a hold of this uh, problem? Well, the first thing is you've got to receive grace for yourself between the time you're hearing this program and your kid comes home. It might mean a phone call or a lunch or a 911 call to a friend. 
But if you're tearing your hair out and you're feeling frustrated and empty, you're not going to be able to fake it with the child. They know it. Well, yeah, they live with you. So that's the very first thing. But the second thing is to sit down and think before your child comes home, what are the wars that I want to win and not the battles? Sometimes we get lost in the skirmishes, but what's mm-hmm. the big thing? Yeah. By the time 9 o'clock comes and everybody's supposed to be in bed, what are the main things I want to have done? Homework, uh, a nice time with each other, and set those out as the big picture. And it's very important to include them in the planning process. You know, sit down when when they come home and say, okay, it's, so it's like 4 o'clock, right? Now, you know, bedtime's at 830 so here's what we need. I want you to have some playtime at the end. I want you to get your homework done. We're going to eat at a certain time. Let's figure out together what needs to be done by when. When do you think you can do this, et cetera, et cetera. And they're involved because they need to learn that planning and organizing you know, way of doing life anyway. So include them on the front end. The last thing we want to do is be chasing a car that ran a stop sign. You know, that's <laughs> right. a cop doesn't do that. Mm, that is Yeah, good. guys, there's a great passage in Deuteronomy 6 where it says, if your kids say to you, why do we have all these statutes and commandments? You know, they're sort of difficult. And then the answer was because we were slaves in a place called Egypt, and God gave us these statutes and commandments to give us a life of success and, and survival. And the idea is all through life you want your kids to see the rules are good. And they'll bring you life, and they'll bring you happiness. So you normalize having these rules all the way through your parenting years. And you can make it fun. I mean, the last thing you want to do is make this stuff miserable. Involve the kids. We we had a thing um, when the kids started blaming, you know, whatever age that was. I would, would tell them, okay, guys, here's the deal. Blamers are losers. And I'd put the L up on my <laughs> forehead like this. And so here's what we're going to do. Every time somebody blames, then... Everybody else spot it. You put the L up on your forehead, and you have to pay a fine, right? And so we turned it into a game. But if somebody took responsibility, then you get the three fingers up like a W like, like this. A That's a winner. And so <laughs> and it, they take money can, out of the pot. Exactly. Right? It can be yeah. really, really fun. This doesn't have to be misery. I'm thinking I might get bruises on my forehead if I do <laughs> yeah. that, that loser part too much. But uh, Dr. John Townsend, Dr. Henry Cloud, your book Boundaries with Kids, great input, great information. We've only covered three or four of your principles. I think there are many more, I think 10 in the book. So if you as a parent, if you're struggling and you don't know what to do, man, pick up the book, pick up the broadcast. This is why Focus on the Family is here. If you need help, we have counselors that can talk with you about this, uh, get more resources, articles, and other things. Uh, Go to the website, and John, you'll take care of that. Uh, Thank you again, gentlemen, for being with us. It's always good to be here. Thank you, guys. Thanks. You know, sometimes the best ways to incorporate rules that stop conflict is just to make a fun game out of it. You got to be careful because that could actually irritate your combative child all the more. But Dr. Cloud talked about the winners and losers game and taking money out of a jar when good things happen or putting money in the jar when kids are blaming each other or fighting. I like that idea. Um, How effective is it to make rules into a game, Danny? Where have you seen that work? I think it can be very effective, and uh, especially with younger kids. Teenagers aren't as excited about that, uh, having games (laughs) in the the home around things. They just want to know, why do we have this rule? Why does it even exist? So-and-so doesn't have this rule. Do I have to give an answer? Yeah, I mean, that's right. There's... No, I'm, I'm serious. Do I have to give an answer when they ask that question? Uh, well, you can you can engage in it and you can answer. You don't have to, but you could. You could answer it and in a very respectful way. You're having a conversation. They want to know why do we have this? Well, yeah. If you really do, you really want to know. I think that's an important question to ask back. Or is that more? 
do you want to know the answer, or is that something where you mm. want to engage in conflict? And how often, how often is it a parent actually is thinking, I don't want to tell the answer, it's because I don't trust you, because I know what I was like at your age. And that's okay to bring out in the open. Is it? I really don't trust you right now, oh. and here is why. Uh, here's what I've seen, this is what I've observed. And they may get, a, they may get angry, but it's, it's truth, and kids long for truth. And if you just lay down the law without having some type of conversation as to why it's there, and you in the back of the mind, your mind is saying, I don't trust you, kids already know that. So bring it out in the open and talk about it. Because then that's something, a goal that you guys can work on together. Hey, I want to trust you more. Here's what I it looks want like you to, to have get more there. freedom. Yeah. I would love for that. But with games, we early on with our kids, and, and I do this in my practice as well, uh, having, having a, a celebration jar, and I've mentioned it many times on, on the shows. And what you do is you set goals for the week on what you're going to be working on as a family to to win. And for some kids, it's just basic self-control. And as you observe them doing that, or they observe someone else doing self-control in the home, they can put marbles in the jar. And for young kids, five, four, six, this is fantastic. They love to see marbles go in. Once that jar's filled, you that, that's their ticket to be able to go to a movie, to be able to go out to eat to be able to go to the park. But it's, it's the ticket. They've gained it through this celebration jar to go as a family. And you have to be aware of age-appropriate times on this, right? I mean, I would, I would assume that younger kids need kind of faster payoffs for some of the good behaviors, yeah. for the positive reinforcement. You can expect a little longer wait as they get older. Is that right? And personality types. Oh, okay. Right? You have some of the kids that are much more impulsive, yeah. and they're needing that immediate feedback. And then you do have kids that are needing that teaching that can wait and, and need to learn patience. Uh, but it's more because they're very opinionated, and it's okay to have that patience on having things accumulate. The impulsive ones need to have that immediate feedback. Hey, I love when you did this. Hey, I love when you did that. And letting them know when they're doing things right, because impulsive kids do a lot of things wrong, and they get a lot of feedback on that and can yeah, annoy negative people feedback, around. Yeah. A lot of negative feedback. So making sure we're bringing some of that positive direction from us as parents. Excellent. Well, Drs. Henry Cloud and John Townsend uh, talked about it, and we're going to make the book available to you, Boundaries for Kids. It is full of great advice and tips that uh, go beyond what we could offer you here. Um, Let us send that book to you when you make a generous donation, either a monthly pledge or a one-time gift to Focus on the Family, and you'll find the link in the show notes. You can also call us to donate, and while you have us, uh, ask about other resources. And if you need, if you've got an issue and you just can't quite seem to figure it out, um, schedule a time to talk to one of our counselors. They are terrific, and I know they can give you some good steps to take in whatever you're facing. Well, next time, if mom is grouchy, we're probably all going to be a little bit grouchy. So how can we keep mom happy? Uh, You'll hear tips from Dr. Meg Meeker, and on behalf of Danny Huerta and the entire team, for now, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.